0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on a Tuesday evening. I am Adam Ronis. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. As we do each and every weekday on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, of course, you could always check out the show on demand in case you can't listen live. And you could find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. The Week 7 Fab Guide is up. We have the Week 7 Injury Report, Dr. Roto's Fantasy Funerals for Week 7, as well as his podcast, and of course, you could ask questions on the message boards and forms anytime you want, and you'll get answers from myself, Dr. Otto, and Sean Child. So excellent stuff there. And also, the NBA begins today. Two games on the slate tonight, and we are giving you a treat. NBA DFS free seven-day trial. Just go to scalpfantasysports.com. It's on the main page. Click on it. You'll try it for seven days free. Trust me, last year it was fire. I mean, the optimizer was really good. And again, the, the key is, you know, do some research, figure out, okay, who are your three or four favorite plays of the day, put them in, hit optimize, see what it gives you. You could also just hit optimize and see the optimal lineup, but you might want to just differentiate it a little bit. So we'll have write-ups, and again, try it for seven days. You'll see. Again, you're never guaranteed to win anything every day. There's going to be bumps in the road, but I can tell you this. I was very good last year, the optimizer. I was amazed. So test it out for yourself. You get it for seven days free. ScoutFantasySports.com. Also, if you want to join either NFL, DFS on Scout, uh, NBA, or Seasonal, if you enter the promo code Rona 70 you'll get 70% off your first month. So nothing to lose there. You know, 70% off. You try it for one month, and you'll see. You'll see the work that we put in. You see the results, the rankings, the questions, the promptness that you get answers with on the message board. And and we put in a lot of work. Nothing is ever 100%, you know that? But we'll get it right more often than we get it wrong. And again, try it for yourself. Ronus 70, 70% off your first month, so I implore you to try it out and check it out today as we got a lot of good stuff there. And of course, vegaswhispers.com for your betting needs. Really good stuff there. And they often give you a free pick of the day as well. The free pick yesterday was the over on the San Francisco Green Bay game. I think it was 46, and obviously that went over pretty early. So if you were there and took advantage of that, you won some money, and uh, they posted their baseball pick for the ALCS game tonight, which is going on right now. I'll have Bill Enright from ffchamps.com, one of the top rankers, according to Fantasy Pros. He's going to join me in the next segment. We'll talk some football with him, the trends, And everything that is going on in the NFL right now. But we kick it off looking at the latest news. And a little bit of a surprise today. Uh, We found out that Devontae Freeman will go on injured reserve. Now, it doesn't mean the season's over. For fantasy, essentially, it is. Because he has to miss a minimum of eight games. So, you're not going to bring him back if he is good to go week 15, week 16, whenever he returns. But the surprising thing is, it's not his knee. It's not his foot, which kept him out last week. It's a groin injury of all things. So he did hurt his foot week five. We knew that. Apparently he hurt his groin, too, in week five against the Steelers and decided to have the surgery. So he's out a minimum of eight weeks. And before the season, Scout Fantasy Sports, uh, our bust of the year, was Devontae Freeman. Now obviously, we don't want to see anyone get hurt, but part of the reasoning was – you know, the injuries were a factor for a running back that is getting older. So if you did have a sub with us before the year and you read that and we convinced you to do so, uh, you avoided disaster here because Freeman played week one, didn't do much. And uh, week five, he only had 10 touches. So Freeman, just a, a disaster pick this year. What does this mean for the Falcons going forward? Well, we'll see a lot of Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith. And I have said it for weeks now. I have not been impressed with Tevin Coleman this year. You know, I actually was surprised. Now it's worked out because I, I saw a lot of people take him fifth, sixth round. And I said he basically needs a Freeman injury to return that value. Now the Freeman injury has happened. But Coleman hasn't been great. You know, I didn't use him in DFS this past weekend. I know he was cheap, but he just... Has not put up impressive numbers, and this is a big season for him because he's a free agent at the end of the year. So he really has to finish strong and show teams, hey, I am an RB1. I want to get paid like one, and I can be the anchor for your team because we just have not seen it with Atlanta this year. In the past, usually when Freeman has been out, we have seen Coleman put up big numbers, but not this year. I mean, week two, he had a good week on the ground, 16 for 107 and four for 18 to the year. But since then, it's been quiet. Now, he has found the end zone couple times which has kind of helped salvage him but week three 15 for 33 on the ground two for 14 through the air and a touchdown okay decent day week four against the Bengals, 14 for 51 on the ground three catches for 26 yards week five obviously freeman was there and edel smith played a little bit so you're not going to get big numbers but he was seven for 15 and then last week against tampa bay 10 for 35 on the ground just one catch for six yards and a touchdown so just not big numbers for coleman and Edo Smith, again, wasn't as, uh, wasn't that impressive this past week either. But Smith does look like the better player to me. And I think the snaps this week, I think it was forty-four percent for Edo Smith. He played thirty-one snaps. He only had eleven carries for twenty-two yards, but he did score a rushing touchdown and he caught one pass for two yards. Actually, two receptions for minus one yards. But we have seen the Falcons have a penchant for using Edo Smith near the goal line. He scored a rushing touchdown in three straight games. And he might be out there on the waiver wire in some league, So, yeah, he is the pickup. Uh, I put him in the Fab column, although he he's he's owning quite a few leagues. I think I put in the right up that. In the deeper formats, like the high-stakes market, he is on many teams. I actually have Ido Smith on two or three teams. I have him in the online championship to beat Adam Ronas when I did in Vegas. Actually, I had him a couple weeks ago. And then when Freeman came back, I dropped him to get Alfred Blue. And then last week... When I saw Freeman was out, I dropped out for blue to get Edel Smith. Uh, and I didn't pay much for him either. It definitely was, I think it was less than 50. So uh, he's someone that you can consider flexing for sure if you need a running back because we know he's going to play a role going forward. It's pretty even at this point. You know, Coleman gets the slight edge. But, again, we see that they have some trust in Edel Smith. So if he's out there, he becomes one of the primary pickups of the week. And, again, he could still be out there. Since some teams might have dropped him once Freeman came back, being third in the pecking order, you were not going to use him, maybe stash him in a deeper league. But if you were in a league with sixteen roster spots, he might have been cut and he could be out there and as one of the uh pickups this week at the running back position uh going forward. Even though again that run game just has, it just hasn't been great this year. Uh they 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 had so much success thrown to the running backs uh under Shanahan and it just hasn't happened with Sarkeesian. So you'd like to see that change because Both these backs have the skill set to be a good pass-catching wide receiver. So we'll see if that changes a little bit uh, for the Falcons running backs. Apparently, Marshawn Lynch is dealing with a groin injury. So John Gruden said that the team is concerned, and it could be a long-term issue. He's going to be seeing some doctors during the bye week for the Raiders. Remember, they played in London. So you know Lynch is probably one of the bright spots for the Raiders this year. The problem is, though, he's barely played in the fourth quarter because they've been playing from behind. And we know if they are facing a big deficit, he's not going to be on the field much because they preferred Jalen Rashard to catch passes. I mean, Lynch does have 15 receptions on the season through six games, so it's not terrible. But when you're seeing less snaps, that's a problem. In the last two weeks, 21 snaps and then 30 against Seattle, and we have seen the yards go down. He had that big game against Cleveland where he had 130 rushing yards in week four. And uh, he scored a touchdown in to each of the first three games, hasn't scored since then. So uh, Doug Martin obviously he will get more work, but he hasn't been that impressive. So uh, Rashard's the guy, too, that needs more work. And this looks like a team that's playing from behind. So Richard, especially in PPR formats, he has been game script dependent. But if Lynch does miss time, uh, I think you could see Rashard. And look, Rashard has at least six receptions in four out of six games. So that's a real nice floor in a PPR format. Again, you don't feel comfortable starting him every week. Well, we have a lot of teams on bye coming up. Four teams on bye beginning this week. The Raiders are one of them. So take that into account if you're looking for help this week. But, you know, this past week, you know, seven catches, 48 yards. There's 11 points right there. The week before, six for 53. 11 points right there. Six for 59. Week three against Miami. So you see, he's reached double-digit points in PPR formats. Now, of course, you had the game against Denver in week two, we only played eight snaps. But, again, if Lynch needs to miss time, and from the reports, it sounds like he does. That is going to boost a guy like Jalen Richard. Evan Ingram participated in practice today. Now, remember, he did have a couple of practice sessions last week, but the Giants played on Thursday night. There was an indication that he might return last week. It didn't happen. But if he's that close, you would think that he'll play this week. Now, the problem is that game is Monday night. Giants playing the Falcons. So hopefully we'll get a good idea by Friday, whether he is going to play. So we should we should know, my guess is. And again, the fact that he's putting a practice on Tuesday is a good sign, and he did practice last week. They probably just took the cautious approach and said, you know what, it's a short week. Let's just wait. Uh, you'll have the extra day, too, with the Monday night football game in Week 7. So my guess is Ingram probably plays this week, and we'll just have to kind of wait and see what the practice reports are throughout the week. Greg Zerline is going to return To kick for the Rams this week, you know, he might be out there on the waiver wire. I know a lot of people don't like to hold two kickers. I typically don't either, unless it's, you know, one of the top guys and you have enough roster space. If I have 20 roster spots, you know, I might roster a second kicker if the really top one is on bye, like a Gaskowski or Tucker. But in a league with 16 roster spots, you just can't do it. So Zerline could be out there on the waiver wire. And obviously, kicking in one of the better offenses in football, that's definitely valuable. Now, this one's obvious, you know, Bill Belichick was talking about how Josh Gordon's role is expanding weekly. Yeah, I think that's been the case and you know, this week I did not really recommend Josh Gordon in any spot where he was asked to start. Now, he had 5 catches for 42 yards, but uh, you know, just missed. He was uh taken down at the one on a pass interference call uh, where he had the defender beat, but you could clearly see Josh Gordon's role is growing. And this is a week that I would feel comfortable starting him. Uh, just because he played so many snaps. Uh, you know, he played 18 snaps in Week 4, 18 in Week 5. So, yeah, he had the touchdown in Week 5, but when you still only 18 snaps, that's a problem because if you're not on the field much, you can't do much. But clearly, the role has grown, and he played 63 of 78 snaps this past week. And you could see Brady was looking for him continuously. So, it is a tough matchup this week against the Bears, but we just saw Miami take care of the Bears. So... Uh, I think Gordon is in play this week. I know the one redraft league I have him, I will be using him. Part of the reason is uh, Cooper Cup I have in that league. And Cooper Cup is likely out this week. Not officially ruled out yet, but dealing with that sprained MCL. And we're just thankful that it was only a sprained MCL because it looked a lot worse uh, in that game. So, again, Gordon getting the targets now. Brady's certainly looking for him. They don't seem to be exactly in sync just yet. But it feels like it's going to come, so now I can sign off on starting Josh Gordon in fantasy leagues going forward. Uh, Josh Allen's not going to start this week for the Bills. He's got this elbow issue. Uh, This could be weeks, so it could be either Nathan Peterson or Derek Anderson getting the start this week against the Colts, and that's going to make the Colts a streaming defense, and they have to be available probably in a lot of leagues. But... uh, yeah, they're not a great defense, but this matchup uh, could create a lot of turnovers and sacks. So Colts are definitely in play this week. Last night's game, Packers beat the 49ers 33-30. to And one of the things I took away, and I've been saying it on this show for a couple weeks now, is people want Aaron Jones to happen. They are will, wishfully thinking, "Hey, this is Aaron Jones. Maybe even people were looking at last night and saying, hey, this is an Aaron Jones games." Green Bay's favored by 9.5. They'll be up. Well, obviously... You know, that didn't happen. San Francisco was actually leading most of the game and probably outplayed Green Bay and deserved to win. But I got a question on the message board last night. Like, hey, I need to make a decision for tonight. Do I start Aaron Jones or Marquez Valdez-Scanling? And I said Valdez-Scanling because I know he's going to get targets. Now, he only had three receptions, but he went over 100 yards. Aaron Jones, we, what we know right now is this. Is he the most talented back on the roster? Yes. You saw it. First play of the game, he got a handoff, and he – had a touchdown originally called on a seventeen rushing, seventeen yard play, but they said he was out at the one. So you could see what Aaron Jones can do. The problem, as I have been saying, it's clear Mike McCarthy still wants to play three running backs, and that is going to eat into Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones last night played nineteen snaps. Okay, he played twenty-two the week before. He is not assured of double-digit carries. He doesn't give you anything in the passing game. He has four receptions in four games this year. He had none yesterday. So it's a low floor. You're banking on a touchdown and game script. So Aaron Jones is someone you can't start. Yes, he's talented, and we want to see more of him, and we should see him over Jamal Williams. But it doesn't matter what we think. The coaching staff believes otherwise, and it's wrong. (laughs) I think most of us agree that it is wrong. But Jamal Williams played 27 snaps last night. Played more than Aaron Jones. He's still getting the football. So that's a problem. Uh, you know, Jamal Williams had six carries, 29 yards, and one catch for 10 yards. And Ty Montgomery in the mix as well. So Montgomery had four carries, 12 yards, and a rushing touchdown. And he also caught two passes for 10 yards. So as long as all these guys are splitting – you cannot start Aaron Jones with confidence. Now, they are on bye next week, but even in the bye weeks, it's going to be difficult with all these guys splitting. So that's a big problem right now. The other thing to take away is, you know, let's see when Randall Cobb and Jeronimo Wilson come back because Valdez Scantling has been pretty good. He had six targets, three for 103, but obviously we know his value takes a little bit of a hit. Jimmy Graham has benefited as well. He had five for 104 on nine targets last night. And for San Francisco, the good news is Marquise Goodwin was back. He might have been dropped in some leagues. I didn't write him up in the way where I think he's owned the most, but there might have been some leagues where he was dropped because he's been banged up with the quad. And he looked good last night. Definitely showed that speed, the ability to get past defenses, and C.J. Bethard played pretty well. Five targets for Goodwin, four for 126 and two touchdowns. And He mastered 12 carries, 87 yards. There was no Alfred Morris. And even some of the beat reporters were surprised about it. Uh, So they elected to go with more speed and use Mostert and Breda. And Alfred Morris played one snap. And when he got the ball, it was called back on a penalty. So that hurt a lot of fantasy people who thought Breda was going to be out. Went with Alfred Morris, and he got a zero. When we return, I'm going to be joined by Bill Enright. He's one of the top rankers on Fantasy Pros. You can find him at ffchamps.com. He'll join me next here. It is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Of course, you can find me at ScoutFantasySports.com. Week 7 Fab Blind Bidding Guide is up. The Week 7 Injury Report and the Week 7 Fantasy Funerals from Dr. Roto. And, of course, NBA starts tonight. We have a two-game slate, Philadelphia, Boston, Golden State, and Oklahoma City. We are giving you a free seven-day trial to NBA DFS. That includes the optimizer, which was on fire last year. So, no reason to not check it out. Test it out for yourself. See how the information and in optimizer works. Win some money over the next week, and then come join us for the full season. So, check it out. sports.com. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries try the Props Builder tool at MyBookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to MyBookie.ag. Enter promo code FNTSY upon signups and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Joining me now, it is one of the top rankers around. According to Fantasy Pros, you can find him at FFchamps.com. It is Bill Enright. Bill, what's up?
0: What's going on, Adam? Week seven. The season's flying by.
1: It really does, man. It's crazy. It feels like we were just doing best ball drafts uh, like yesterday, and now it seems like it's actually like two, three months ago.
0: You know, a lot of people start to panic like week one and week two. They're zero and two, or you know, they're they're one and three after after three weeks or after four weeks, whatever it is. My math is terrible. Now is the time where you have to say, okay, well, I have about six weeks left for the playoffs. Typically, you need seven wins, maybe eight wins, depending on your league size or how many teams make the playoffs, you need to start racking up that win column.
1: Yeah, and it also depends, do you, does your league use points? You know, There are some leagues where it's top four records and the next two teams with points or maybe top five records and then the next team with the most points. But some only do strictly records. So for those teams that are 1-5 right now, what do they do?
0: You know, it's funny because a lot of times teams that are 1-5, they don't want to trade, right? They're like, oh, I'll just go down with the big dip. You have to make some kind of move. I mean, you could go on a a five-game winning streak, especially if you're one of those teams with really bad luck and and you're having a ton of points scored against you and you know your roster is good. That luck's bound to change. I mean, you could be the second, third, fourth-highest point scorer in your league and just going up against monsters every week and having some really unfortunate luck. But that's that's bound to change. It's bound to revert to the mean where the next six weeks you'll be the top point scorer and everyone else will be falling to you.
1: Yeah, and I think what you do is you got to play one week at a time. Like You cannot worry about stashes and anything like that. You really just have to focus on getting a win this week. And like you said, if that means making a trade or spending some extra fab money, your only goal is just to win this week. You cannot worry about week eight, week nine right now.
0: You know, there's a po- expression in poker, I'm on tilt. You should enjoy the fact that you're on tilt because you, you still care and you still want to do better. When you're on tilt, let that blood, let that adrenaline start flowing and, and take that, use that to your advantage. Like you said, win now, win this week, make the moves that are going to help your roster, your starting lineup better right now, and then take week eight when week eight comes. The Patriots do a great job of that, right? We're on yeah. to Cincinnati, we're on to the Chiefs. Take the Patriots' philosophy on it.
1: You know, it feels like, at least to me, I play in a lot of deep performance. I feel like the waiver wire has not been great this year. Do you do you agree with that
0: sentiment? Last year, if you think about the guys that came off the waiver wire, Kenyon Drake, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, you know, a lot of the guys that help teams win their fantasy championships, maybe when it's all said and done in Week 15, we'll look back at, the, at this conversation right now and say, oh, you know what, he was the guy that actually came up big. But I haven't seen anyone through the first six weeks of the season that, oh, I can't believe I missed out on picking him up. Um, Maybe that changes this week with a couple guys going on injured reserve, a couple guys getting a little bit banged up. But for the most part, I think you're right. Just the waiver wire has been you and far between with really providing sustainable starters. I mean, is Philip Lindsay the best waiver wire pickup this year so far?
1: You know what? He could be, and it's not like he's been – Of a savior. He's been solid. You know, I did pick him up in one league for like 170 and actually have been using him as my RB2 paired with Kamara because I'm strong at receiver and tight end. But it's not like he's a difference maker. They use Devontae Booker way too much. That's the problem. Like, Freeman to me has been good this year, but I just wrote in the stock watch the other day like he's trending down because he's relying on a touchdown. Like, someone in the forums was trying to get me to tell them to start Freeman. And I said, look, I can't. I'm not going to tell you, especially when you looked at the Rams, game script was going to be negative. It was. And that means you see more Lindsey and Booker. So that's the problem there is you have three of them. But, yeah, Lindsey's been solid but not exceptional. To me, I think there's one guy that really stands out is Tyler Boyd.
0: I I was just going to guess. If if you were going to say wide receiver, I would have guessed Tyler Boyd. He's been incredible, man. That entire Bengals offense just looks really good.
1: No, it does, for sure. That, that would be the one guy that stood out. Uh, for this week, he's still available in some leagues, and the price just went up with the news today with DeMonte Freeman going on injured reserve. I do have Edo Smith in a couple leagues, including one of the uh, online championships for the FFWC, but how do you see this backfield playing out? Because I have not been impressed with Tevin Coleman at, at all this
0: year. All right, there, there's a lot here. Because, one, I'm a huge Tevin Coleman fan. Love this kid coming out of Indiana took him in a lot of my dynasty league. Didn't care that Devontae Freeman was already in the backfield. I've been waiting for him to hit the free agent market and sign a big contract. Week one, Devontae Freeman goes down. Kevin having, having Coleman-Truthers unite. We're all excited. He has a, a touchdown against the Eagles. Then, you know, Freeman's out a couple of weeks, and Edo Smith is eating into his workload. Not so much that, oh, Edo Smith is running away with the job, but he's getting the touchdown. I think like 42% or Forty-three percent of Edo Smith's fantasy uh, points are all from touchdowns this year. I think Tevin Coleman will remain the starter. Listen, we've seen this how this played out, right? Because Devontae Freeman's only played two games out of out out of five so far, out of six so far this season. So we know what this backfield is going to look like. But I do think Tevin Coleman will eventually start getting some more touchdowns instead of Edo Smith. But it's not like we have any guesswork to do. The Falcons are known for. Using Devontae Freeman, Kevin Coleman comes in. Now it seems to have reversed. Kevin Coleman's the starter, Eno Smith comes in. So, you know, Eno Smith is doing a really good job. I think the Falcons are really impressed by how well he's catching the football. He's, he's doing um, great on, on blitz pickups on on third down. So, even with Freeman out, it's not like there's some mystery in this backfield. It's going to be a split between Coleman and Eno Smith.
1: Talking to Bill Enright, FFChamps.com. How about the Eagles' backfield going forward? You know, we know J.H.I. is out for the year. We saw Smallwood and Clement obviously both get touches against the Giants. Smallwood had 19, Clement had 14. Uh, There was a report, too, before the game that said he would be a little uh, on a pitch count coming back from injury. Uh, Is there a preferred choice of the
0: two going forward? Do we learn anything from last week? I don't think we learn anything. I don't think there's a preferred choice. I think it could only get messier once Darren Scrolls comes back. I think people that assume there's going to be a trade don't really understand how the NFL trade market works. Sure. The Eagles traded for a last year. So that's kind of a murky situation only because we've seen the Eagles pull off a trade for a running back last year, but it's not just, it shouldn't just be assumed that they're going to go out and trade for a running back. This is a Super Bowl team that knows they have a good roster and they have really good cap management and, and their GM does an excellent job and, if they think Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement can handle that workload with Darren Sproles coming back, I don't, I don't. I really don't see them making a move for LaShawn McCoy or you know the rumor of of Le'Veon Bell. But to answer your question about Smallwood versus Clement, I think if you have either one of them, you can trust them as a flex play. Flex play, and whoever gets into the on that week will pay off. And if someone doesn't score, then you're kind of frustrated. I had to play Wendell Smallwood last week. I was frustrated to see Corey Clement. Get the touchdown, but the yardage was somewhat
1: similar. The situation at running back for Tampa Bay, I think a lot of people were hoping that after the bye week that we would see more Ronald Jones. That did not happen. It was Peyton Barber who had one of his better games of the year: 13 carries for 82 yards and also four receptions for 24 yards. Ronald Jones somehow did catch three passes, though. I guess that shows how bad Atlanta is against pass-catching running backs because we don't see Ronald Jones catch the ball, but only one carry on the ground. Is this uh, Peyton Barber's job going forward? And is this just kind of fool's gold because it was Atlanta and we're not going to see these performances from Barber
0: the rest of the way? Well, when you started the question, you said Tampa Bay's backfield. And the first thing that came to my my head was just, ew, because it's just gross. I don't want Peyton Barber. I don't want Ronald Jones. I think Mike Evans is fine. I think, uh, you know, their two tight ends are fine. Deshaun Jackson is is a quality wide receiver three, but other than that, I don't want any part of that backfield, man. I just don't see them really sustaining any kind of solid rushing attack where I can't wait to put Peyton Barber back into my lineup. People got frustrated with him coming out of the bye or going into the bye, expecting Ronald Jones to come out as the starter, like you said. That didn't happen. So now we're just stuck with Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, and I don't want either of them.
1: What about Chris Godwin? He scored a touchdown in every game except one but the snap percentage is usually lower than Adam Humphreys. I mean, Humphreys played 51 snaps, Godwin 37, but Godwin's producing every week. Can he continue to do that in this offense, or are you concerned because he's not on the field as much as some of these
0: other receivers? I think it's a shame he's not on the field as much because you look at some other teams that have a wide receiver one, like a Corey Davis, and you look at Chris Godwin, and he's a Buccaneers wide receiver three, And Godwin has better fantasy stats, so it's a shame that he's not on the field more. I think he has proven that you can rely on him, even with the low snap percentage or or, you know or or the low snap count. Um, He has to get into. He's another one of those guys that has to get into the end zone because the yards won't always be there for him, and he's not a huge uh, target machine or he's not a huge catch guy. So he needs to get into the end zone to pay dividends. And so far through six weeks of the season, he's done that.
1: Uh, someone might be going to the waiver wire this week, and this guy could still be available. He was a good streamer last week. That's C.J. Uzuma for the Bengals. He was tied for third on the team in targets this past week, and obviously there's not a lot there in this passing game. Uh, tight end has been a disaster this year. Is he a guy that you can rely on week in, week out, or is he someone you got to just play in the right matchups going forward?
0: I think tight end is so bad this year that you can absolutely rely on him as a weekly starter. Um, maybe if you want to go out there and look for Ben Watson coming off a bye, some teams might have dropped him. I think Uz- Uzuma is someone that, in that Bengals offense, they move the football up and, the, up and down the field. We have not seen that bad, bad Andy yet in 2018, and, and that's a really good thing. They have a good rushing attack. They have A.J. Green looking really good, Tyler Boyd, who we talked about a little bit earlier. So, CJ Uzuma, we know that the Bengals like to utilize their tight end, and whether that's Tyler Eifert, Tyler Croft, Jermaine Gresham going back, You know, five years ago, someone will get targets in their offense, and right now it's Uzuma. A
1: couple weeks ago, Hugh Jackson said, yeah, we got to get Nick Chubb the ball more. Obviously, it doesn't happen. He said it again this week. Now, Carlos Hyde, you know, the last couple weeks, not great yards per carry. You talk about being reliant on touchdowns. That's Carlos Hyde because he's not involved much in the passing game. Do we finally see more Chubb touches, or do we just have
0: to wait until we see it and just stash him? I think he's worth stashing because the Browns do have a good rushing attack, whether it's Hyde or Chubb. When, when Chubb's in there, he's, he's productive. The problem is they have Duke Johnson, right? And he's not going anywhere in the passing game. Maybe they line him up at slot a little bit more, but he's still going to take up some targets for a position that should, you know, for the running back position. So until something happens with Carlos Hyde, it's really hard for Nick Chubb to get more touches only because of the presence of Duke Johnson there as well. So if you think about it from a depth chart perspe- perspective, Chubb's really their running back number three. So for people to go out there and 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 think that he's going to be a weekly starter in fantasy, I think they're just mistaken. Um sure, Hugh Jackson can say, you know, yeah, we need to get Chubb more touches, but until it happens, you know, that's just, you know, uh, BS, you know, you know what I'm saying, uh, money talks, BS walks. So um right now Hugh Jackson's words are just walking right from one ear out to the other.
1: Joined by Bill Enright, FFchamps.com. Some people have been tell me they're worried about Jarvis Landry. Obviously, he's coming off a bad game. where he had nine targets, two catches for 11 yards. Would you try and buy low on Landry now if you could, if someone's panicking? uh, Because I've gotten a couple of notes about that uh, the last couple weeks, but the targets are there every single week.
0: And and that's what you really want to look for for if you're in a PPR league. You always want to see if those targets are there. And for Jarvis Landry, that's what they signed him for to that big contract in the offseason. They want him to be their possession guy. They want him to be a featured wide receiver. Sure, they, they probably had plans of Josh Gordon being there as well. But right now, Landry's their number one, and he's going to continue to get or flirt with double digit targets every week. Now, is it going to be two for eleven, two for nine every week like it was um, against the Chargers past weekend? No, probably not. We'd like to see seven for nine or or you know nine for eleven, um, and I think that I think those numbers will come.
1: How about the Chargers? You know, they've been so good in the run game. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler doing so much. Feels like it's hurting their receiver core. Keenan Allen's put up decent numbers. He only has one touchdown, but he did this last year. He had one touchdown through eight games last year, and then obviously we know what he did in the second half. But the guys like Mike Williams, uh, only four targets. Tyrell Williams had a big game. Is it just difficult to use anyone outside of Gordon Allen and maybe Eckler right now with the way this offense is going?
0: You know, I have Mike Mike Williams on a couple of my rosters just as a bench stash. I will not pick up Tyrell Williams. Um, we've seen we've seen this from him before, where he goes out of the monster game, catches you know two touchdowns off three receptions, and everyone rushes out to the waiver wire, and then he doesn't do anything for the next four or five weeks. People drop him. Then he goes out has another two touchdown, three catch game, and people pick him up again. So that's frustrating from a fantasy perspective. I think Mike Williams is worth holding on to Keenan Allen, every week starter, Melvin Gordon, every week starter. And I have no problem using Austin Eckler in my flex every week, as long as a PPR league,
1: you know, Russell Wilson has two straight games of three passing touchdowns, but he has had 26 passes or fewer in four straight games. Is Wilson not going to be a QB one going
0: forward? I, I do these, th- I do this thing on the, on on dot called the rest of the way rankings. And, and really what it is, it's kind of like a cheat sheet. Like if you had a draft today, who would you? Who would I rank at at every position? And Russell Wilson is my number thirteen quarterback right now. So I, I have him outside of that. You know, if you're a twelve man league, thirteen is not a quarterback one. So I have him right on that fence. But I just don't like their playmaker, to put to put it bluntly. You know, Doug Baldwin's hurt. Tyler Lockett, I've never been a I've never been a big fan. I understand that he has touchdowns uh, in the last three games, but I just don't believe in their passing attack and. Russell Wilson needs to do more with his legs for me to rely on him in fantasy.
1: Yeah, very interested to see what happens after the bye because he did rush six times this past week for 20 yards, season high in rushing attempts. He has been on the injury report with a hamstring, but that is a big problem this year. Just 62 rushing yards through six games for Russell Wilson, and he's been held to 200 passing yards or fewer in three of six games. He had 298 in week one. He hasn't topped 226 since, so... He's been getting by with the touchdowns the last couple weeks. The rest of the numbers have not been great, and you could tell Seattle really wants to run the football. Lots more ahead. Bill Enright's going to stick around. Of course, you can find him at ffchamps.com. We're going to talk more football and help your fantasy football teams going forward. That is next here to Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronas here until 8 p.m. Eastern. You can check the show weekdays live at 7 p.m. Eastern. can get it on demand anytime you want. And you can find my work, scoutfantasysports.com. The Week 7 Blind Bidding Guide is up. Who you should bid on and how much. Fantasy Football Week 7 Injury Report, Week 7 Fantasy Funerals. And you could ask questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. And also check out Scout DFS. NFL Optimizer was fired this weekend. Had Todd Gurley, had the Ravens defense, Austin Hooper at tight end, uh, Latavius Murray at running back. And if you want to try out the NBA DFS, free 7-day trial. So two games tonight. Get in there. You get to use the optimizer as well. You'll see how successful it is. You'll win money over the next week, then come back and join us the rest of the year. And, of course, if you want to become a member to Scout Seasonal or NBA DFS or NFL DFS, enter the promo code RONIS70. gets you 70% off your first month. BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live and game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. BetDSI is now offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit if you use promo code FNTSY. That's BetDSI.com, promo code FNTSY. So head on over to BetDSI and start winning today. I'm joined by Bill Enright. You can find him at FFChamps.com, one of the top rankers according to Fantasy Pros. The Colts' backfield, we saw a lot of Naheem Hines, but Marlon Mack returned this week, had 12 carries, almost 90 yards. Is Mack the back-to-own going forward for Indianapolis?
0: If That's a little bit of a loaded question. I don't know if there is a back-to-own in Indianapolis, but if there is one, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Marlon Mack. I, I think Naheem Hines is very limited in what he can do, pass-catching back. We haven't seen much of Jordan Wilkins. We know Robert Turbin just got injured. I don't know if you can rely on any of the Colts rushing atta- running backs uh, on a week-to-week basis, but if there is one that I put my money on to rely on, I guess it would be Mac. How much should Jordan who was Howard very, who, who, By ahead. the way, who was very high on this summer, and he totally blew the opportunity with his stupid hamstring injuries. They have two rookie running backs. He should have been the guy from day one because he's, he's the veteran, he's only in his second year. But compared to Hines and, and Wilkins, he's the only one that should know how to pass protect, uh, you know, Andrew, protecting Andrew Luck is the Colts' top priority. Marlon Mack totally blew it this summer by getting injured and, and you know, kind of like being a little bit of a wimp with that hamstring injury. And it's a shame because now here we are in week seven and we're asking that same question that, that should have been the case back in August or, or, or late July.
1: Yeah, and it seems like he's going to get that shot at least based on last week going forward because they're clearly not enamored with Jordan Wilkins, and I don't think they want to give Hines the ball on the ground ten times a game.
0: Exactly. I, I think Hines will just be their pass catcher back.
1: Uh, how worried should Jordan Howard be? owners be right now? You know, We saw the last two games not involved much in the passing game after he was in week one. We've seen Tariq Cohen now be unleashed over the last two games. And Howard 14 for 69 this past week. He did lose a fumble, although Tariq Cohen did as well. But is this what we're going to see going forward where we don't see much Jordan Howard? And he is relying, obviously, on touchdowns if he's not going to be involved
0: in the passing game. This is a guy, one of the few backs in the league, that has had 1,000 yards for the last two seasons, uh, was second in the league behind Ezekiel GQL as a rookie, finished sixth in the league last year. So I'm surprised that they're not using him more as a workhorse especially when you consider that he hasn't been that bad in the passing game. You know, that's always been the on. But he worked on that in the offseason, came into camp as a better pass receiver. Um, even the coach said so. But I think Tariq Cohen is more of Matt Nagy's speed, and, he, and and speed kills in the NFL. And when you have a weapon like Tariq Cohen, it's really hard to ignore. Um, he, Matt Nagy said he wants to use Tariq Cohen as, like he used Tyreek Hill when he was with Kansas City. And we're kind of starting to see that a little bit. I mean, the touches won't always be there in high volume, but he doesn't need a lot of touches to to rack up the kind of yards or or points from a fantasy perspective that that Cohen's been providing. Would you buy low
1: on Jordan Howard right now?
0: Yeah, sure. I'd buy low on him. Uh, If you're a a wide receiver heavy team and and you need a running back too, I think Howard can certainly fill those needs
1: in the Miami backfield you know I think a lot of people are high on Kenyon Drake he was going in the third round and we've just seen a lot of Frank Gore including this past week you know Frank Gore season on 15 carries for over 100 yards against the Bears too and we did see an overtime Drake obviously with that fumble near the goal line and you could see how destroyed he was even when they were winning his head was down for quite a bit but he did redeem himself but is just this uh, this is this a split going forward and and you just have to deal with it as a Drake owner and hope that he can get it done in the passing game
0: I don't know what I'm more impressed by the fact that Frank Gore is still getting it done at 34 35 years old or whatever it is or the fact that we saw what Kenyon Drake did last year and he's not getting more opportunities this year because both of them are baffling to me um, the fact that Frank Gore put up 100 yards this week or against a really good Chicago Bear defense, sure he needed some overtime to help him get that hundred yards. But I think it is a timeshare, I think it's a committee. And I think the Miami Dolphins never really wanted to have Kenyon Drake be their bell cow back. And and I think fantasy managers that didn't read those tea leaves this summer are now paying the price because Drake was a fourth round pick, and he's probably the most frustrating guy on your roster.
1: Yeah, for sure. I was able to avoid him in my leagues just I I agree I just didn't have the confidence that he was going to be the back that gets all the touches although I am surprised that we've seen this much gore you know going into last week Kenyon Drake led this team in
0: targets that that's more of a knock on their receiving core I mean they really have nobody and they're spreading it around way
1: too much they're spreading the ball around way too
0: much It's terrible. I mean, Danny Amendola was their big signing this offseason. Him and Albert Wilson. Devontae Parker, I I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded this week or or maybe. Yeah, they've been talking about that.
1: They've been talking. They Adam. Uh, Trust me. He burned me me last year, and I'm the type that I will forgive. I'll take my exes back, but I didn't do it with Devontae Parker, man. I was just. Because I bought into Parker last year because I saw in the preseason that. He had changed his eating habits and conditionings. Like They were saying that he would show up to practice and he wouldn't eat breakfast. So to me, I looked at him and said, okay, this guy's got a lot of talent. It's his third year in the league. Okay, now he's learning to take care of your body. Like We take for granted. A lot of these guys get by on talent, and they're better than everyone at every level. When you get to the NFL, that's not the case. And I think sometimes these guys don't take care of their body enough. We assume like they're all in peak shape. Some of them don't work out enough. Some of them don't eat properly. Like, I think it was last year. Emmanuel Sanders, oh, I'm cutting out fast food. It took you this long to do it? I mean, I understand when you're younger you can burn it up, but, like, I think that's one of the things that makes makes it a little difficult, too, is we don't know how these guys treat their bodies off the field.
0: What, what about – I don't want to get off the the eating habit because I think that's a really good point. But what about when Jay Cutler said Devontae Parker was just a faster version of Alshon Jeffrey? Like, that, that – like, Jay Cutler's opinion all of a sudden took his – Devontae Parker's – uh, draft stocking and, and completely skyrocketed. The second part, the eating habit, a lot of people knocked Chip Kelly for the way he ran his offense in the NFL as the Eagles coach. But what he, one thing that he did do that was really progressive was monitor everyone's dietary habits. He brought in a special nutritionist, dietitian, whatever you want to call it. He got rid of, you know, Andy Reid was there. So they were having, like, fried chicken every day. Chip Kelly thought it was nonsense, came in, did a whole menu redesign, for their cafeteria, and that helps people, that helps athletes stay in better shape, it feeds their muscles, it's nutrients in your body that that keeps you healthier. And I don't, NFL teams have more money than, you know, some countries in the world. How How does every NFL team not have a proper dietary person, nutritionist, whatever you want to call them, on staff giving individual meal plans for every single one, every single player. Listen, linemen are not going to have the same as a running back or a wide receiver, but it's not that hard to write up a, a, a you know, a personalized um, food regimen, just like you do for weight training regimen. You could do the same thing for food, and I'm shocked that NFL teams don't do that.
1: Yeah, for sure, and that again, that's what kind of got me into Devontae Parker last year. Saw all these changes. I'm like, all right, this is the year. And obviously, it didn't happen. Fortunately, this year, I buried him in my rankings. I was basically saying, don't take him. I did like Kenny Stills, though, and that's been a disappointment. And I didn't have him in my lineups this past week. And it's just hard to start him now going forward. I mean, he had two targets this past week. You know, He's been getting the volume the last couple years, and now they're just spreading it out too much. And you saw Albert Wilson with the big game this week. So it is difficult to rely on any of the Miami receivers right now, right?
0: Yeah, it's difficult to rely on the receivers. What about that quarterback situation? you think Brock's going to be their starter?
1: Uh, it seems like he might be, at least for this week. I guess we'll have to see what huh. happens with Tannehill's shoulder. But, yeah, I mean, we know that he's not going to do that regularly.
0: <laughs> like, Ryan Tannehill played one season of quarterback in college, and the Miami Dolphins drafted him seventh or, or eighth overall. I just don't understand. Like, th- that's one of the organizations in the NFL over the last 15 years or so that – and that's why the Patriots are so dominant, because the the absolute incompetence of the remaining AFC East opponents, it's laughable. It's really, really a joke.
1: Yeah, it's easy to pick that division winner every year. We see changes across the rest of the NFL, but in that division, you just pencil in the Patriots until you see them actually losing Tom Brady and Belichick gone. But until then, you just keep putting them in as the AFC East winner every single year. Joined by Bill Enright. You can find him at ffchamps.com. You know, I see a lot of people complaining about David Johnson this year. And, yes, if you took him two, three, four, he hasn't lived up to it. But he does have six touchdowns. He hasn't been catching enough passes. Is it as bad as people make it seem? Or is it just because the expectation of where he was drafted is that's why so many people are down on him?
0: Let's look at this from from a wider scope, right? He was the number one consensus overall pick last year, and he got injured in the first half. That was the worst return on investment in fantasy football history. Right? He, he barely played a full game, and he was out for the rest of the year. This year, he's a top-three pick. He's up there in the top five for rushing touchdowns. He's consistently getting you 60 to 80 yards uh, rushing the football. Yeah, you want to see his receiving numbers jump a little bit. So what? He's not the number three running back on the year, but he's still like number 11, and that's still a quality running back one, especially if you're in a 12-team league. What What more do people want? other than the fact that you're using him as a weekly starter. He's on a terrible offense with, an off- with a head coach that probably should not be a head coach in the National Football League, and they're struggling with a rookie quarterback. This week, they have a Denver Broncos defense on Thursday Night Football that gave up back-to-back 200-yard rushers. I think it's only happened four times in NFL history. Um, so this week on Thursday Night Football, David Johnson doesn't break that century mark then I'd start to be a little bit concerned because then it's less about their opponent and more just, you know, looking in the mirror.
1: Yeah, there's definitely concern because of the, a couple of points you hit. Number one, McCoy running this offense has been brutal. I mean, they just run David Johnson up the middle almost every time. It's so predictable. And they're still not getting him involved in the passing game enough. Did they? Can't they go back and watch two years ago and see when he had all those receptions? They kind of do the same thing. I mean, it's crazy that he has... You know, two receptions in each of the last two games. And they've been playing from behind. Like, get him the ball in the passing game. So that's been the biggest problem and the concern for David Johnson go, uh, going forward is they just need to get him the ball more in the passing game. But like you said, very good matchup this week at home Thursday night. He's got to have a big game. If he doesn't rush for 100 yards, uh, it's going to be a problem. You said you did your rankings for the rest of the year. Very curious. Where did you have Adam Thielen? Number three. Who were the two receivers right behind, ahead of him? And, Brown, Antonio and,
0: Brown, and, and and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and then I have Thielen, and then I have AJ Green, and Odell at five, and then Julio at six, Tyreek Hill at seven, and Devonte Adams at eight.
1: So basically, you're telling me Julio Jones oh, is never sorry, scoring a touchdown I, I left, this year?
0: No, I'm sorry, I, I left out Michael Thomas. Um, I, I think I move move everyone back one after after. Uh, so it's Michael Thomas, then AJ Green. So that rounds out my top five.
1: So basically, you're saying Julio Jones is not scoring a touchdown this year?
0: <sighs> you know, I think it's like <laughs> I think it's like 11 months since he scored a regular season touchdown. The last time he had a touchdown was in November last year, regular yeah, season. Yeah, week
1: week 12 um, against Tampa. That was the but, last time he scored.
0: But you know what, Adam? It doesn't matter because if you're in a PPR league, 10 for 150 is still 25 points. Whether he has, I mean, the the production's there, like. Yeah, there's a knock on him because he doesn't score a touchdown. But in the PPR format, he might as well. What's, what's the difference between 880 and a touchdown, or what is that? 16 plus six, 22, or um, 10 catches for 120 yards? It's still 22 points. Oh no, that's I agree. How Julio gets it done?
1: Yeah, no, he's been fine. Uh, I think people do. It's non PPR. It matters more for sure because well, you know you're not getting the you receptions.
0: You've got to you got to know your scoring format. You know, that that's why people have these – that's why we do a great job with our custom rankings, and there's a big difference in, of Julio and a non-PPR and a PPR. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Christian McCaffrey's been pretty good, but we saw a game this week where just he carries 20 yards and seven for 46. Is this just an aberration, or is McCaffrey going to be that RB1 in PPR formats going forward?
0: I would like to say he's going to be that RB1 in PPR formats. Obviously, you want to see a little bit more touchdowns. That's always troublesome because Cam is such an animal near the goal line. Um, but we're not seeing C.J. Anderson steal carries, so I think that's a positive sign for McCaffrey's um, you know, rest-of-the-way value. Uh, I think he absolutely can be a running back one. And think about it, he was probably drafted in the second round, so you probably have a really quality wide receiver one to go along with him um, to help balance out those points on your roster. Um, so, yeah, McCaffrey, he'll, he'll be a running back one the rest of the year. Top 12 for sure.
1: Real quickly, does the Titans' offense improve? Because it is putrid right now. It's br-
0: brutal. It's,
1: it's terrible.
0: You know, people want to start Corey Davis. I, I said this before. Chris Godwin has more, has better fantasy production than, than Corey Davis. A team's number three wide receiver, better than a team's number one wide receiver. I don't know if it's Mariota's fingers. He can't grip the football enough. Derrick Henry should be dropped at this point. Deion Lewis is almost at that point as well. They have no other receivers other than Corey Davis, Tywan Taylor, and, and, and Tywan Jones. And it's just, it's bad. It's it's bad.
1: It really is, man. I'm so, like, a, a lot of sharp people I knew like Derrick Henry, and I didn't. I was trying to figure out why. And I didn't expect it to be this bad. But, yeah, Derrick Henry, you can't even start him right now. It's been that bad. But, Bill Enright, always good talking to you. You can find Bill at FFchamps.com. Bill, again, thanks for the time, and we will talk again soon.
0: Absolutely, Adam. I had a blast. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem. Again, check him out. Bill Enright, FFchamps.com, one of the top rankers, according to Fantasy Pros, as is Scout Fantasy Sports. We are in the top ten. I think last week we were eighth for the season. So, we've getting the job done. You can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. Enter the promo code RONAS70. It gets you 70% off your first month, whether you want to do NBA DFS, NFL DFS, all sports DFS, or you want to subscribe to the seasonal package where we answer your questions in the message boards and forums anytime you want. Also, check out NBA DFS free seven-day trial, scoutfantasysports.com. Check it out right now. I'll be back Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.